What's up, America? What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney. This is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the TBS comedy show Miracle Workers and the new Marvel movie, Captain Marvel. Let's talk about Miracle Workers and work our way back to Captain Marvel later in the podcast. Miracle Workers is a new comedy TV show on TBS. I don't know about you, but I find it kind of hard to laugh in 2019. And Miracle Workers has become instant relief of comedy. It's a silly premise. Daniel Radcliffe is in it from his Harry Potter fame. It's so interesting to see Daniel Radcliffe transition to that next part of his career he's been in some weird things he's really tried to work his range as an actor which i respect but sometimes it doesn't translate to overall success at all and i feel like miracle workers is the best thing daniel radcliffe has done again created by simon rich simon rich created the fx show man seeking woman which starred one of my favorites jay baruchel so i was instantly in on whatever Simon Rich is doing. He's a weird, quirky comedy writer, worked for SNL. He's one of the funniest people on planet Earth that a lot of people don't know about. Again, the premise of the show is Daniel Radcliffe, Geraldine, I'm not going to try to say her last name, and Karan Sony play three angels who work for God. Yes, they work in heaven. The the joke of the show is that it's like a regular job to be an angel. And Steve Buscemi, yes, that's Steve Buscemi from Spy Kids and all those movies that everyone loves, from The Sopranos to all those shows. Steve Buscemi is God. He's probably the first actor to comedically play God since Morgan Freeman in Bruce Almighty. He is hilarious in the role. He is a lazy type of God. Daniel Radcliffe in the show, he's the lead. He plays Craig, an angel who works in the prayer department, and he has to answer. He has to answer everyone's prayers. It is funny. He only answers the silly ones, and then Geraldine's character appears and she wants to answer more of the serious one. She plays Eliza. It is one of the funniest shows in recent memory. I can't say more about the show. It's a quick, easy watch. It's half-hour episodes. It's silly. It's moronic at times. It just works as a comedy. I feel like too many times these comedies are trying to get you to say something about the the state of the world and this show is just silly and it knows it's silly it's not too serious about its topics like i find some comedies will take on politics and then you just you, you lost what was good about the comedy the best thing about the show is Daniel Radcliffe being silly with Steve Buscemi it's not yes the world is in a weird state and this show is very well trying to tell you how weird it is that there's a god who doesn't the the premise of the show is god wants to destroy earth and daniel radcliffe's character has to answer has to solve one of these impossible prayers and in this show the impossible prayer is to try to get a couple to to fall in love (laughs) and it's a silly premise it's stupid Again, sometimes moronic, but it's one of the funniest things I've seen recently because it's trying to just make you laugh. It feels like too many shows today are not just trying to make you laugh. They're trying to be self-serious comedy 
which I'm not really a fan of. I'm more of a fan of the silly Bill Murray type of humor, and I think this really falls into it. And again, I'm just so happy that Daniel Radcliffe is able to escape the role of Harry Potter, because when I watch the show, I'm not always thinking to myself, wow, why is Harry Potter on screen? Why is he playing an angel? Again, this show is funny. They were originally going to have Owen Wilson play God, but I think Steve Buscemi is... He's the better actor, first of all, even though I'm a huge Owen Wilson fan. This show just works. I I don't think it's everyone's sensibilities. It's my sense of humor. And I think most people will probably agree with me. That is hilarious. There are hilarious moments. There's a moment where Daniel Radcliffe's character thinks God is going to punish him by turning him into a marble. It's one of the funniest moments on TV recently. And again, it's just an easy watch. I don't have to binge watch it. I don't have to devote time thinking about it. It's just a fun, silly watch. I watch it and then it's over. Too much of TV nowadays is thinking about that episode, thinking about what could happen next. I'm not taking this show too seriously. When I can watch it, I'll watch it. I don't need to think about what's coming next, what's next for these characters, because it's not self-serious. That's the best thing I can say about this show, is it's not self-serious. And I don't want to watch self-serious comedies. And Miracle Workers is that. It's going to be an anthology series, so... I guess each season they're going to be answering more. Pra- I can't, I hope there's a season two of this show. It's just, it's funny, it's silly, it's everything I want in a comedy in 2018. I don't want the sitcoms, I don't want the mom and dad jokes, I don't want the kids, I don't want the neighbor, I, I don't want that new Max Greenfield sitcom where he, he, to me, it's just ridiculous. He has He has black neighbors and he has to... I don't even want to get into why I don't like that show. I just want a silly TV show that I can click, watch, and be done with it. It doesn't have to be... I don't want Danny Tanner anymore. I don't want family sitcoms. I want silly premises. And to me, this show fits that bill. I'm done with the sitcoms. I'm done. I'm into this kind of comedy, this weird, quirky style that Simon Rich has. He's like the Wes Anderson of TV directors, of TV makers. He's, he's funny. Man Seeking Woman was hilarious. Now, he might not be making the most popular things in the world, but it still fits It's what it's trying to do. It's silly. It's fun. I couldn't recommend this show anymore. And again, Daniel Radcliffe... Karan Sony is from Deadpool. He's hilarious. He's the taxi driver from Deadpool. Steve Buscemi. Geraldine Viss Nathan is hilarious in this. She's up and coming. She plays Eliza Hunter. Craig's love interest. I think she's going to end up being Craig's love interest. I haven't gotten that far. This show is funny. And it's not self-serious, which is the best thing I can say about it. It's not trying to tell me something important about life today. It's just a silly premise like what if God is just over earth? 
It's a funny, silly premise. And if you're into religion, it's not going to upset you. It's not making fun of you. It's just being silly, which is a nice kind of thing to be. I think silly is the nicest form of comedy because it's not self-serious. I think when you're self-serious, you can be mean. I think those daily show type of shows can be mean at times. I think silly is just silly. That's why Steve Carell works. That's why The Office works. It's just a silly show. And that's what Miracle Workers is. It's just a silly show on TBS that stars what was one of the biggest movie stars when he had a movie series, Daniel Radcliffe. He's in that second transition of his career, and I can't say any more nice things about Miracle Workers. It's one of the funniest shows on television today. Let's talk about the biggest movie in America right now. Captain Marvel, the next movie in the Marvel franchise after Avengers Infinity War. We've all been waiting for Brie Larson's Captain Marvel, and I'm just going to come out and say it first. This movie was better than I expected. Now, when I talk about movies on this podcast, I'm going to talk about the good, the bad, and the best performance of the movie. Let's start with the good of Captain Marvel. This movie set up so that it would have to be good. And my problem going into it was, I was thinking I was going to have to be thinking about Avengers Endgame, this entire movie. And what's great about this is it was an escape from that. The plot of it wasn't big enough where I had to think about Thanos and what happened. It was a small enough plot, and it worked for me. Let's talk about the good. Okay, first off, Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson's chemistry is out of this world. I could go for seven more movies of Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson. The number one thing this movie made me want to do was watch King Kong Skull Island so that I can see Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson in another movie. Their chemistry is insane. They're the first non-romantic chemistry thing that I've ever been like obsessed with like it was amazing Nick Fury and Brie Larson's character Captain Marvel slash Carol Danvers they have insane out of this world chemistry it's funny it's hilarious this is a guy who's this is the Nick Fury who's never seen aliens before so he's kind of humble in a way I don't know it was a different Nick Fury it was definitely Samuel L. Jackson's best acting in the Marvel movies sorry Avengers sorry Ultron this was this was peak Samuel L. Jackson in the Marvel Universe, and it's not even close. Their chemistry is the one thing that this movie can hang its hat on, on why I think it's great. Like, it could have been a good movie with someone else, with two other people. It was a great movie because of their chemistry. And yes, I think this was a pretty great movie. Number two, lack of an origin story. This movie gets it. Marvel gets that I don't want to sit for 90 minutes before the plot of the movie thinking about how somebody got their superpowers, thinking about how Spider-Man became Spider-Man. They get it. I don't want to see Peter Parker get bitten by the spider. I don't want to see Batman's parents get killed off. I don't want to see origin stories anymore. And Carol Danvers and Marvel, they didn't give me Carol Danvers' origin story in in the same dull way. They did an interesting thing to explain what was going on. I don't want boring origin stories. That's why I don't... 
That's why some of these first movies for these people can be absurdly insane. They've done a better job of DC at just giving you the the glimpse of how these people got their powers or the Ant-Man one, the Doctor Strange one, and now Captain Marvel and Black Panther. They've done a fantastic job of not giving you too much origin. It's easy to follow. You get it. You don't have to do the... Oh my god, 90 minutes of now I have to become a superhero so I can avenge this terrible thing that happened in my life. I get it. We've seen enough superhero movies where I no longer want the boring old origin story. It just doesn't help anyone. It's not helping me. We've all seen these movies now. Nobody's first superhero movie is going to be Captain Marvel. Nobody's going to get out of that movie and go, I really wanted more about who she is, why she has those powers. It's easy enough to follow. We get it. It's, you, you get what I'm saying? Like, we don't need, we don't need stupid origin stories anymore. Like, how many times can Peter Parker be bitten by the spider how many times can Batman's parents die? How many times can Superman see his dad die? Like, I don't need any more origin stories. And that's why I think Marvel is ahead of the rest. Because they're ignoring those facts. DC keeps revisiting the same scene of Bruce's parents dying so that he becomes Batman. And this movie ignores that. It's a small and simple step to explain why this person, Carol Danvers, becomes Captain Marvel. It's easy to follow. Another thing is the plot twist of this movie is fantastic. I'm not going to give up the spoilers, but I think it really works. And last thing that I think makes this movie real good is its comedy. For some reason, the Marvel movie set in space tend to be the funniest movies. Tell me I'm wrong. Guardians of the Galaxy, hilarious. Guardians of the Galaxy 2, hilarious. Thor Ragnarok, hilarious. And now this. Marvel knows that I don't want a boring space movie where you explain to me about the alien races. They know that the comedy is the easiest way to make these movies enjoyable. It just works. I don't need... I don't need the like the self-seriousness of this is a space movie. We get the absurdity of it. Marvel, I think, understands how absurd these space movies can be and how these characters really aren't their most popular characters, so they're making them funnier. Like, Thor, the difference between Thor The Dark World and Thor Ragnarok is amazing. They've, they've cut out the self-seriousness of their movies and they made them funny. They're best at being funny. That's what they are because they're they're absurd. This movie is absurd. Brie Larson as Carol Danvers' all-powerful superhero is an absurdity, and they seem to understand that. There doesn't have to be this, like, Thor the Dark World took itself way too seriously. And these space movies don't. Guardians of the Galaxy is a fun, relaxing watch. So is Guardians of the Galaxy 2, so is Thor Ragnarok, and so is Captain Marvel. They understand that with space movies, they should probably start doing that with their movies set on planet Earth. I hope they do that moving forward, because that's their best. Even Black Panther's a little too serious for my taste. I'm going to come out and say it. I think I like Black I think I like Captain Marvel better than Black Panther. I don't necessarily think Captain Marvel is a better movie, but I enjoy Captain Marvel more, and that's what I'm here for in 2019 enjoyment. 
it's time to talk about the bad of this movie. There is a few things I had problems with. Lack of a clear villain. This is clearly Marvel's biggest problem, other than Thanos, Loki, and some other ones. They they really have struck out with bad guys. They really have. I don't really understand why they have a good... I need to see, moving forward, they need to use some of their top bad guys. I'm thinking more of the lines of Doctor Doom, maybe bring back Red Skull. You need to bring up the top tier Marvel bad guys. I just... I, I get it. Like, it, it's it's interesting. The, the, again, I'm not going to describe who the villain is. I'm not even going to tell you who the villain is. But I just... It doesn't work. It was the flaw of the movie was there wasn't this big battle. You never felt like Captain Marvel was going to lose in this movie, which I think is a little bit of a problem. Like, what are we even doing this for? Why is she... She understands her full powers now at the end, and I get it, and that's how she just wins. There was never even a fight where you thought, wow, this girl is going to lose this fight. At least in the other movies... Like the Doctor Strange, and you thought, oh man, this is really tough, or I don't know. You always know the hero's going to win, but the how easy she won in the end is kind of a problem because there wasn't this big threat to make you be like, oh my god, this is the big fight I've been waiting. There's a little bit of version of that, but it doesn't really, it doesn't live up to its hype. Let's just say that. The big baddie and the fight at the end doesn't live up to the hype that it should. That's my, that's my, one of my big problems. How about another problem? My 90s nostalgia. I don't really need it. The moment Brie Larson crash lands in the blockbuster, I'm like, oh my god, I don't need this. It wasn't that great a time. I, I'm kind of over this movie being set in the 90s. I'm kind of over things being set in the 80s. I'm just, like, I get it. The gimmick of it doesn't really do anything for me. It doesn't. I get that Stranger Things is set in the 80s. It's cool. But I get over it real fast. It's about the plot. The whole Blockbusters bit wasn't that funny. It just wasn't. And the whole Top Gun feel with the jacket and the, I, I don't know. It was just corny. It was kind of the worst thing of the movie was the 90s nostalgia. Did I really need that in my life? Did I really need... Her crash landing at Blockbuster. Did I really need the whole 90s feel at all? Like, I just didn't need it. I didn't need it. It wasn't necessary for the movie. And it felt corny. Again, the Top Gun jacket. Like, what are we doing? It wasn't cool then. It's not cool now. It just felt like absurd marketing for the movie. It's this 90s cool thing. Like, I get it. The 90s are cool. I don't really know if they are cool. It didn't help the plot of the movie at all. Now it's time to name my best performance of the movie. This was clear. Brie Larson as Carol Danvers. Listen, the only things I've seen Brie Larson in before this was a movie called Greenberg, 21 Jump Street. Yeah, those are about the only things I really know Brie Larson from. And... Oh, that movie The Gambler with Mark Wahlberg, but that was real bad. She wasn't bad in it. But I, di- I didn't know if Brie Larson could carry a superhero movie, and surprisingly, she can. She re- She's a movie star now, ladies and gentlemen. Brie Larson is a movie star. This movie lived up to the hype. She lived up to the hype. I couldn't recommend 
this movie more. I think this is one of the better Marvel movies. I could see myself re-watching this one over and over again. And I can't say that about some of them. Like, I'm not going to re-watch Thor The Dark World. Or Thor at this... Oh, I, w- I would re-watch Thor. Okay, I re-watched most of them. I, I might be re-watching this one a lot. This was good, entertaining fun. And I think... Some people are criticizing how it's not self-serious, I guess. But when you're going into Endgame, you have to have a light little movie before that. And this felt like the appropriate movie before Avengers Endgame. I can't wait to see sequels to this character. I want to see more of this character. I want to see her fight a villain that's actually going to give her a run for her money. This was an interesting beginning to the Carol Danvers character. I want to see the middle, and obviously I want to see the end. Brie Larson, though, clearly gave the best performance. Runner-up would be Samuel L. Jackson. Again, his best acting in the Marvel movies by far. But Brie Larson clearly, is there any doubt she's the most powerful Marvel character in the universe now? We got to see the one-on-one versus Thanos. That's going to be epic. But again, I couldn't say any more nice things about Captain Marvel. If you haven't seen it, you should probably see it. Thanks again for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney. There will be a new episode of Pop Culture Spotlight each week on either Thursday or Friday. This week, I put the spotlight on Miracle Workers on TBS and Captain Marvel in theaters now. Next week, I put the spotlight on Homecoming, the TV show, and Triple Frontier, the movie. Look out for that one. I'm excited. I hope you are as well. Thanks again for listening. (laughs) 